Yes, Josh Graham has opinions. There is nothing that entertains the audience and the masses more than me being bothered. And yes, he's got attitude. Really, none of the game made sense to me. And that's exactly why you love him. When this all gets sorted out, I think you and me should get an apartment together. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. We've made it to a Friday drive. You are listening to WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad, where for the final time... We are broadcasting live inside Studio B in downtown Kernersville. It's live action, Tracy. Kernersville. What a run it's been for us in K Vegas. Monday is going to be the first show in our new Winston-Salem digs. So let's get to it today. Last night, it was announced that North Carolina has added another big to its roster, and that's West Virginia transfer James Aconquo. He leaves Morgantown in the wake of the controversies that led to Bob Huggins stepping down last month. So what does this mean for Carolina basketball? Honestly, not all that much. Because at this point, it just feels like the Tar Heels are collecting guys who aren't really going to play. Let's just be honest about it. Have we not learned anything looking at Hubert Davis's rotations over the first two years he's been in Chapel Hill? For a refresher, in year one... He had eight guys who played 10 minutes or more on average. And that counted Dawson Garcia, which should not really count. So we'll bump it down to seven. That was the Iron Five team that went to the Final Four. And we all expect that there's no way Carolina's going to play fewer guys in year two, right? This past year, Hubert Davis played six guys more than 10 minutes. Per game. Fewer than we saw in the Iron 5 season. And there's no reason to expect that Hubert's going to all suddenly change his approach. To suddenly change his ways and how he views his I- ideal rotation looking. But getting into the player, West Virginia's James Aquanku, Aconquo, nailed it. He's just not a guy. He's not a dude. He averaged two and a half points a game at West Virginia last year. What do you expect he's going to do in Chapel Hill? He's essentially Justin McCoy. That's who he is. If he's in the game, it's probably not a good situation for North Carolina. If James Aconquo is in the game having to play in crunch time. He's not Armando Baycott, obviously. Armando. But he's also not even Jalen Washington either. So while Hubert wants to have a smaller rotation, Aconquo, he's not a small guy, and he's the third big out of the rotation that Carolina has here. So he's not really going to play all that much. Add him to the list of transfers, I don't expect that we're going to see that much. Jalen Withers, Doug Wojcik, or pardon me, Paxson Wojcik, his dad Doug used to be an assistant at Carolina. They're not going to probably play much either. Withers, you're probably going to disagree with me on that, but... The guy, he averaged, what, eight points a game at Louisville last year? That number isn't going to go up in Chapel Hill. The arguments I've heard for why he's going to suddenly become a better scorer doesn't really check out to me. My thinking's always been, if you're a good player on a bad team, those numbers should be inflated because you should get more shots. You should get more opportunities to score. 
it's not, well, I have less talent around me, which means I'm not going to score as much. Usually what it is, that number goes down because you get fewer opportunities to score and you probably get less playing time if you're playing on a better team. And let's all hope together that North Carolina is better than Louisville was a year ago. Let's hope and assume that's the case. And I do assume that's the case. So Jalen Withers, at best, he's the eighth guy in the rotation, and Hubert's probably only going to play seven. Paxson Wojcik comes from an Ivy League school where he was a nice player, but that's for Ivy League standards. Ah, uh, he's a wing. Okay. He's, uh, you remember Justin Pierce? Remember him? No reason, right? North Carolina just collecting guys who aren't really going to play. The rotation's going to be a smaller rotation. We know who the guards are. It's Elliot Cadeau. It's Cormac Ryan. It's RJ Davis. It's Seth Trimble, those four. And then you got on the wing, Harrison Ingram, the transfer from Stanford. You've got Armando Baycott in the post. Armando. And you got Jalen Washington. And if you need an eighth guy, it's probably going to be Jalen Withers, but he's probably going to be averaging eight, nine, maybe 10 minutes a game. Given what we've learned about North Carolina and Hubert Davis's rotations, that's probably what it's going to look like. On Twitter, at WSJS Radio, if you want to chime in on today's show, that's also where we're streaming video. In addition to YouTube and Twitch, Will Dalton is the executive producer of this show. WD, do you have all your Star Wars trinkets packed for the move yet? Well, they're up here, so no. <laughs> I don't see the Darth Vader mask. Yeah, I don't know where it went. I, I think probably uh, already in one of the U-Hauls. We needed an own special U-Haul to get all your that's Star right. Wars Either stuff that, in there. Or I'm gonna have to uh, put up some some theft charges. You might have to. Somebody coming in here. Stuff like might that. get lost in the move. I don't like that. Something that might happen. Yep. Staying in basketball. Other than the time they hosted an All Star game, Charlotte hasn't really been center of the NBA world before. Hasn't really been, there hasn't been a spectacle that Charlotte has been associated with. Well, tonight, that's going to change. Tonight is the first time the Charlotte Hornets have been involved in an event that will draw real ratings and be an actual spectacle. And unsurprisingly, it has nothing to do with Charlotte. Almost nothing. At 9 o'clock on ESPN, the Charlotte Hornets are going to face the San Antonio Spurs in what will be Victor Webinyama's debut in Summer League. And it's kind of wild how much Wimby has become a star before he's ever even played a minute in the NBA. Now, he's a legit star. And here's how you know he's a massive star. Britney Spears, number one, knows who he is. And number two, knows who he is enough, wants to meet him enough to try and give him a hug or get a picture with him to the point where security, who did not recognize Britney Spears, one of his security guards, slapped her in the face. <laughs> there were charges that were put out that were then dropped today. There are no more charges against Wembenyama's security team by Britney Spears' team. This is such a crazy story. We sure it wasn't a foul? What? She hit him. That's a foul. Oh, See got what? it. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Very good. That was an awesome joke. Here was Wimbanyama. It's amazing what I'm about to say this sentence. Here's Victor Wimbanyama <laughs> speaking about 
the allegations that his security guard slapped Britney Spears in the face. Uh, actually, I, I didn't know for a couple hours, but when we when uh, when I came back to the hotel, uh, I had like a, I had forgotten about this event, but the, I mean I didn't forget about this, but I, knew, I, I thought it was no big deal. And, uh, and the, the security of this person told me it was a Britney Spears. So I was first I was like, uh, no, you you joking? But yeah, it turns it turns out it was Britney Spears. And, uh, <laughs> That is amazing. Tonight, that's going to attract ratings. People are going to watch that in droves. And Vegas is the perfect setting for this. Vegas, baby. Vegas. They know they are the masters, Vegas, of making an event feel big. Ask the Vegas Golden Knights with the productions they do prior to puck drop and all the fights and such. So they're going to do a great job with this, this tipping off Vegas Summer League. It's going to feel big, like seven foot four big. That's how big it's going to feel. And apparently, ticket prices have skyrocketed for this. So it should be a packed house tonight for summer league basketball. First week of July, the Hornets facing the Spurs. And that's very good for the NBA. And as I mentioned earlier, this might be the first time that the Hornets have been involved in a spectacle, been in the center of something. But they're just there. Unless Brandon Miller puts on a show. Let's not forget, Wimbenyama played in the United States last year against the G League Ignite team, and Scoot Henderson was just as much a story in those games as Wimbenyama was, given the way that he performed. If Brandon Miller were to come out and play every bit as well as Wimby does, and take him on off the dribble and do some scoring in a matchup between number one and number two in terms of the picks, well, that could be a really good thing for the Charlotte Hornets and a really good thing for you know Brandon Miller's confidence also getting some of those haters off his back. That's right. Right now, you're cute to call in at 336-777-1600 and win dash tickets for Sunday as they face the Hickory Crawdads. Right now, we're being joined by the radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets. He's joining us from out west. Also out west, the start of Vegas Summer League tonight. The Hornets, they're going to be in prime time, baby. They're the reason tonight's a spectacle. Don't correct me. Victor Webinyama, in other news, will be making his Spurs debut against Charlotte tonight. Speaking of that, Sam, what kind of spectacle do you think it's going to be when 9 o'clock rolls around? And that seven foot four number one overall pick steps on the same floor as the number two pick. I think it's going to be about as big as any summer league game has been. There have been other superstar prospects. There have been other, you know, well-regarded classes in terms of the top two or three players, but few with the kind of fanfare of Victor Wembanyama. And keep in mind, you know, we've only been having everyone in Las Vegas for. You know, maybe a decade or two. It's not forever. So you go back to when LeBron was a rookie. This wasn't the kind of spectacle that summer league is now back then. So it's going to be big, no doubt about it. And I think the Hornets are ready for this kind of stage. A lot of people are making assumptions when it comes to Victor right out of the gate. But in terms of adjustments to the NBA game and also figuring out how to play a guy with that type of frame, what most interests you from a basketball standpoint regarding Victor? I think 
just how he fits into the NBA game. I mean, keep in mind, he's played a couple of contests against G League uh, type of teams. He played G League Ignite twice, those famed games in Las Vegas uh, last fall against Scoot Henderson uh, back in the day. But that's a long time ago, and, and not to say that the European game doesn't have its advantages in preparing young players for the next step. Obviously, LaMelo Ball played in Europe on his way up the food chain. But it is a different game. It is a different pace. And players are, are bigger, faster, stronger uh, on this side of things. So I'll be interested to see how he is able to con- conform his game to fit into the game he's going to be playing for the next, hopefully, two decades. Yeah, it's Sam Barber joining us, radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets, getting to Brandon Miller, the number two pick. He's played a couple games in Sacramento already. Positive or negative, how far are you willing to go with using summer league games in order to evaluate guys? Not far at all. I think it is good to see, uh, is particularly the high picks, either star or be extremely efficient or hopefully both. I think so far we've seen Brandon Miller be really efficient. Defensively, there are clearly some things to work on. He would have fouled out of both games at this point. Turnover-wise, there are some things to work on. He is getting more attention from my vantage point than anyone else in summer league so far he's getting constant double teams everywhere and i think he's made a lot of good passes out of them but all that attention you know it comes with turnovers a lot of the time so i think we'll see him continue to adjust here but overall the shooting efficiency is outstanding he's over 40 i think close to 45 percent from three over his first two games uh there is a lot to like in his size and his speed and his athleticism they're undeniable and I think as he continues to play with better and better players, we'll see better and better results from Brandon Miller. You'll be surprised to learn that NBA Twitter overreacts to things sometimes. I wonder if NBA threads <laughs> will be the same way if that becomes a thing. But uh, another thing that I think kind of got down the rabbit hole with NBA Twitter in the offseason was the LaMelo Ball rookie contract. This happens, it feels like, every year now where it's like, oh, man, when Dallas let go of Rick Carlisle, I don't know if Luka Doncic is going to sign the rookie max. Zion, uh, well, you know, he doesn't like some things. In, well, he signed the rookie max. And, and LaMelo signed the rookie max. I, there really isn't. Like, you follow this league incredibly close. Like, I, I would be stunned, regardless of what the situation is, if a player didn't sign the rookie max. Like, why are people surprised that LaMelo signed this contract, which, especially with his injuries, it guarantees him $260 million? Yeah, I don't know. I, I No one has ever turned it down. Uh, I don't know how independently wealthy you would have to be to say, uh, you know, up up to or upwards of a quarter of a billion dollars, something you're not interested in. Yeah. So, I, I mean, and, and also there's the prestige that these types of contracts come with, particularly in the case of LaMelo, where, where as reported, you know, he is the first person in franchise history to get one. Uh, this type of contract structure did not exist in the first formation of the Charlotte Hornets. It did exist when Kemba Walker was here. So, you know, it shows the level of player that LaMelo Ball is, how quickly he has been able to take over the league in certain respects. He's one of the youngest all-stars in NBA history. Uh, there's just so much to like about what he does and his impact on winning, I think, at this point, is undeniable, given how awry things went last year when he was hurt the majority of the season. So I, I think that LaMelo Ball is an extremely deserving piece 
uh, or, sorry, player to receive this contract, and he's an extremely important piece for the Hornets moving forward here, someone to build around, and hopefully he is the foundation of a long playoff and one-day championship run for Charlotte. To your point, he is the he's this is the largest contract that a player has received in Charlotte Hornets history, if the reports are true. And uh, the last, uh, I think the two highest prior to that, where Gordon Hayward and Nick Batum at 120 million based again on reports. Sam Farber is joining us here. Looking at the um the rest of the offseason, like it is busy. You talk about having the number two pick, you talk about the ownership stuff, which was made official, the LaMelo ball stuff. I mean, obviously you got some roster moves to be made between now and the fall. What's the next big thing that you're most interested to follow between now and let's say the start of preseason games when October arrives? I think the the biggest thing right now is clean bill of health for LaMelo Ball, and he is certainly trending in that direction. He's been working out all the time. Um, You know, I think once that is kind of set in stone, it'll ease whatever uh, fears or conspiracy theories people want to turn to next since LaMelo Ball has signed his contract, now signed his (laughs) extension, and is locked in with Charlotte for, I believe, the next five years now. Um, But really, I mean, you know, I think you look at what happened to the Hornets last year. This is not a team that thought it was going to be bad or have a bad roster or have a bad season. It's one that just got hit by every imaginable, in some cases unimaginable, absence or injury possible. And no one can overcome that. You look at uh, the last couple of champions, uh, Milwaukee. They want to ring. Then Chris Middleton has a lot of injury issues. They're unable to keep that core on the floor together can't repeat the championship till this point they might do it this year but till this point haven't been able to do it golden state warriors they had that incredible run all of a sudden steph curry draymond green clay thompson they're all hurt for multiple seasons and they have a tough time doing it they get the band back together they're champions again uh, lakers in the bubble they win at the ring lebron and ad have had trouble staying on the floor together until this postseason and what do you know it they make a run from the play-in tournament all the way to the western conference final so health is everything and uh, even denver uh, Denver, you know, Nikola Jokic, he ha- wasn't any worse three seasons ago. Uh, you know, he, he's been an MVP or close to it for the last three seasons. But Jamal Murray being healthy, Michael Porter Jr. being healthy, that's what makes the difference. So for Charlotte, having health, I think, will give us a good look at this team. That's something for optimism because they were an above 500 squad in LaMelo's all-star season. He only put up better numbers last season if he continues on this trend and he's healthy. I think the Hornets are going to have a lot to celebrate this year. Sam Farber, you enjoy your offseason. You enjoy being out West. We'll enjoy watching Summer League basketball with the Hornets facing Victor Webanyama and Spurs tonight. Hope to chat with you sometime soon. It's good to hear your voice. Good to talk to you, too, and hope to uh, see everyone uh, come, you know, start the regular season. It's not too far away. October will be here before you know it. Your chance to win tickets to go see Matchbox 20 or to go see Thomas Rhett in 15 minutes when we play weekly positivity and giving you the opportunity to tell us something good, lifting morale across the Piedmont Triad. Last night, I was aggregated by yet another Tar Heel blog. Tar Heel fans seem to be bothered by some of the things I say. And there's this perception that I don't like Carolina, which isn't fair because I try to be 
somebody who's even-handed, level-handed when talking about all the teams that I cover. Got an App State helmet here, Wake Forest helmet. We covered Duke. The problem with being in North Carolina is you kind of have to talk about everybody, and it saps all the emotion you have in talking about the teams that you cover because if you are emotionally attached to any one team, then you might be neglecting some of the others. It kind of makes North Carolina a little unique. But since there are there is such a great number of Carolina fans out there, especially in the triad, and that seems to be the fan base that gets most bothered by me, I just want to introduce you to somebody and let you know that I actually have an alter ego. This is true. And rather than me continue to do this radio segment right now, I'm going to take it. I'm going to step aside for a moment. And my alter ego, whose name is Graham William Williams the fourth, is going to take over. So let's let me step aside and let my guy Graham step in my place. Claim Luke Combs. Nobody else does. Get that App State helmet out of here. <laughs> Woo! Hello, Carolina family. It is a great day to be a Tar Heel, and you're listening to the Graham William Williams the Fourth Show. So good to have you here. However, and wherever you are listening to the show, but let's not. Waste any more time talking about how great a day it is to be a Tar Heel. G-D-B-A-T-H. Might have left a T out in there. Who's keeping (laughs) score? It's Friday. Let's get to some Tar Heel topics, or as I like to call them, some THTs, WD. All right, throw some things at me here, and I'll let you know what I think on them. All right, Graham. Uh, what do you think? No, no, my name's not Graham. I'm Graham William Williams the fourth, uh, or GWW four. I, I got you. I, I got to get it right. Uh, what do you think about this new transfer from West Virginia, James Aconqua? Oh, JL. Yeah, him. James Aconqua? You mean Marvin Williams 2.0? <laughs> this guy's gonna come off the bench, and when Armando's a little tired, he's gonna be. No. Oh, that soundbite made it into the Graham William Williams the fourth show too. I didn't know that. But yeah, when five is a little tired, we're gonna bring in J.O. James Oconquo. Definitely pronouncing his name right. And he's gonna be great. And speaking of Marvin Williams, while I'm at it, you know who RJ Davis reminds me a lot of? Who's that? Raymond Felton. Uh-huh. Oh, and that Armando Bacob fella? Uh-huh. Armando. He reminds me a lot of Sean May. So what I'm saying is national championship. National championship. I hear you. That's what we're talking about for I Carolina basketball. Who cares that we missed the tournament last year? Didn't UConn? UConn just won the title 10 years ago. They missed the tournament. And then Kevin Ollie cut down nets. Why can't the Tar Heels do so? We're a real blue blood. Who are they? We're a real blue blood. Missed the tournament. 
and then we're going to win the national title the next year. Bang. I like the way you think. Next question for you. What do you think about Drake May and them Tar Heel football players? Wait, we're, we're going to talk about Tar Heel football? <laughs> who, who cares about <laughs> football? Oh, wait, I got to. Never mind. Yeah, but since you asked, uh, Heisman Trophy for Drake May. Duh. Duh. We're talking about Mac Brown, after all. Do you not watch Vince Young? We were just talking about the 05 Tar Heels. How about we talk about 05 Texas for a second? Vince Young, coached by Mac Brown, should have won the Heisman Trophy that year. Not Reggie Bush, who actually didn't win the Heisman. Check the record books. This is Drake May's year to win it. And duh, we're going to win the ACC. I don't know about going to the college football playoff. I'm going to be reasonable here. But winning the ACC championship, like last year, we made it to Charlotte. We're going to be better than we were a year ago. So, duh, we're in Charlotte. And we're going to take down Clemson and win an ACC championship. Book it. Lastly, going off topic. What else is there? Well, is there anything else to even talk about? uh, Yes, there's some NBA news tonight. I mean, the Charlotte Hornets right here in our backyard, they're taking on him, Victor Webanyama, and the Spurs. Oh, yeah funny you should mention that you know who plays for the hornets leaky black yeah he does leaky black is about to lock down victor webanyama the way that i locked down tens at bob's on penny draft night that's what that's what leaky black is about to do to victor webanyama gonna put him in a pretzel i love pretzels with my wine and cheese great combination really accents the flavor of said pretzels. That's what I think. What a segment that was. Just got to get some things off my chest. Coming up. Is Sam Howe going to be the next Joe Montana? This is the Graham William Williams show. It's the Graham William Williams, the fourth show. The Drive with Josh Graham, only on WSJS. We've got tickets to go see Matchbox 20 next Tuesday night in Charlotte. Or going to see Thomas Rhett in Greensboro. Not next Thursday, but the following Thursday on July the 20th, 336-777-1600. If you would like to go to either of those shows, giveaways every hour of today's show. How about that? Last hour, dash tickets. Next hour, dash tickets. We've got these two concerts. If you'd like to go, give us a call. All you have to do is call and tell us something good because it's time for us to lift morale across the Piedmont Triad the best way we know how to do so with weekly positivity. You're crazy. I like you, but you're crazy. 336-777-1600. Give us a call and tell us something good. Something like this, WD. This weekend, 
really starts tonight where Sarah Bradford and I are going to go on a picnic, like a late evening picnic, since it doesn't get dark until about nine. We're going to bring Willow the dog with us. And uh, tomorrow, I'm going to go to a Dash baseball game. I'm going to spend a lot of time with Willow the dog. All of that is good. How are you spending your weekend? I'm thinking about going garage sailing in the morning. Wow. I'm going to go to some yard sales. What are you looking for when you hit a garage sale? Any type of, like, old collectible toys that I can make money on and flip on eBay. Capitalism. Capitalism. I've been going to Goodwills a lot lately, finding, like, athletic equipment, like tennis rackets. I've gone to skateboard, and it's just, like, quick money, man. How early are you getting up to go to these yard sales? This is the first one I've done in a while, so I'll probably get up around 7 or yeah, so. You got to Early bird gets the work. Got to make that money. Capitalism. Let's go to Sean in Winston-Salem. Hi, Sean. Hi, Josh. Hey, tell me something. Good. Well, my oldest son of 18 years now is graduated, top 10 in his class, is headed to NC State University where I will find a lot of... Uh, I've been a Wake Forest fan my entire life, but my son's going to NC State, so I'm a proud dad. Yeah. And he's going, to, going for engineering, so it's, it's just... It's good stuff. Are you going to put any... No, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Are you going to put any NC State stuff on your car? No, because putting stickers on cars is for trash people, but... That's true. No. (sighs) But I'm going to definitely have some stuff around the house. It's definitely going to be a a Wolfpack house. Okay, it's going to be a Wolfpack house. Yeah, that's that's what Wolfpack (laughs) fans say. That, That is good, though. What high school did he graduate from? He went to Atkins, oh. Atkins Camel, and he, he graduated summa cum laude, so top 10 in his class, top go, 10%. Go Camels, roll humps. Yeah. Sean, thank you for the call. Stay on the line. WD will get your information if you want to go to a concert. You could even bring an NC State student, future NC State student, with you. WD, tell me something good. I just killed a gnat on my computer, and now it's on my finger. Well, that's usually what happens. It's been flying around all day, and I but finally it's... got him. So that's good. That is good. Uh, <laughs> lower your voice. You're, you're a little bit. You're a little bit. Get excited. Wow, a little yeah. bit. A little bit too loud. I'll tell you something good. Yeah. Still on my finger. So a, a Lidl. You know Lidl. L I D L. Lidl. Lidl. It just opened up. Yeah. Right up the road from my apartment. Why is this funny? <laughs> this whole thing was funny. No, I just don't it's know good. why. Oh, yeah, Lidl. I don't know. I've, There's a Lidl. Over. Isn't Lidl German? I think. Yeah. I, I've been in there once. It's a good place. They have a good beer selection. They if you want to get like, like brewskis. That's right. Brewskis good. It's good. And it just opened up. And so I went in there and I got some coupons in the mail yeah. for two of them. It's ten dollars off for any for forty dollars or more purchases. Mm. So I went in there and I got groceries, got my ten dollars off, and then when I checked out, the guy gave me a receipt and it had another coupon on it for ten dollars off. Wow. Lidl. Got some some of those uh 
uh, peanut butter filled pretzels. I'm a Costco man, as you know. I am too, but when I, when I don't go to Costco, I either go to Publix or Harris Teeter. Your market, your local market. What's their motto? I forget. Fresh market. I forget. What are you talking about? Harris Teeter's motto. Oh, I don't My know. Harris Teeter. <laughs> Keep it together. My Harris Teeter. Yeah. Sarah Bradford, <laughs> she usually goes to like Trader Joe's or Whole Foods. That's not usually my move. But there is a nice doggy treat place right next to the Whole Foods in Winston. I like Whole Foods. And that's good. It's good for Willow the dog. And that's been Weekly Positivity. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. You're on The Drive with Josh Graham. The Charlotte Hornets have made it official that Miles Bridges is back for one more year in Charlotte. Then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. But since it wasn't official that he would return until now, we haven't heard from Miles. We haven't heard the Hornets comment much about his situation. But they just put out a statement in the last few minutes Mitch Kupchak and Miles himself, and I'll read those to you now. Mitch Kupchak said, quote, Throughout this process, we have taken a measured and serious approach. Several factors played a part in our decision to bring Miles back, including the conclusion of the legal process, the results of the NBA's investigation, and Miles' commitment to counseling and community service. Our five-year relationship with Miles has allowed for open and honest dialogue. He has shown remorse indicated that he has learned from this situation and expressed that he that it will not happen again. We look forward to Miles rejoining our team. Sounds very familiar to the statement that has been put out or what Mitch Kupchak said after bringing in Brandon Miller. Oh, we did extensive research. Got it. But this is what Miles said. Quote, I sincerely apologize for the pain, embarrassment, and disappointment that last year's incident caused many of my people. Time away from the game allowed me to reflect, immerse myself in therapy, and prioritize becoming a better person, someone my family and peers can be proud of. I'm grateful to the Hornets and the NBA community for giving me a second chance. Most people only get one, and I understand those questioning whether I deserve one. I will do everything I can to earn back the trust and confidence of my teammates and coaches, the Hornets organization, the staff, the fans of the Charlotte community. I'm ready to get back to work. That was Miles Bridges in a statement released just a few minutes ago. It's uncomfortable, but if you're having an adult conversation about it, Miles Bridges is going to play for somebody. (laughs) Only a 10-game suspension this year. Why not play for your basketball team? And by the way, is it likely that he's going to be a Hornet at this time a year from now? Probably not. So having that expiring contract that could be a valuable trade chip during the season helps your basketball team. It helps your business. It helps your organization rather than, you know, being prideful, getting in your feels, maybe posturing a little bit. Oh yeah. We're better than you because we're standing on moral grounds. Okay. But that might just hurt your business. Letting this guy walk and not getting anything in return. It's our final show in Kernersville today. Kernersville. Now, We're going to be broadcasting from Winston-Salem starting on Monday. 
This is something that's been in the works, but really has sped up over the last couple of weeks. As this show has been happening, things have been moving in our office, and it's crazy. By the time we get off the air, it's probably going to look like the Will Smith meme at the end of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. But since this is the last day, let me tell you about the first time I sat in this chair, in this studio, because it was not the first day that I was an employee at WSJS. Go back to 2018. It's June of 2018, and I was going to the NSMA's dinner. And it was in Winston-Salem, as it's been every year since then. And that was on a Monday. Even back then, I would go to the event. Even when I wasn't living here, that's how much it meant to me, and i take the rest of that week off. So I was on vacation. The day after that, I learned there was an opening from Mick Mixon, who's the voice of the Panthers, and from David Glenn, who's a mentor of mine. And they told me, hey, just introduce yourself to them. They have an opening. How about just introduce yourself? So on Tuesday morning, the day after the NSMA, I met with a man named Al Bunch, who was the general manager at the time here. And I sat in the office that sits about 15 feet from where I'm sitting right now for the first time. And I met with him on a Tuesday morning slash afternoon. And after I met, felt pretty good about our conversation. Went back to my parents' house in Youngsville, North Carolina, where sitting on my couch there, four or five hours after meeting with Al Bunch, I saw in my email, hey, there's a job opening in Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point. Oh, the triad of North Carolina. How about that? So I'm thinking, okay, maybe they didn't like our conversation so much. There's the job posting. 30 minutes after that, I get an email from Al. Hey, would you like to do a two-hour on-air audition here in Kernersville? On-air? I said, I'm like, when? Two days from now. Whoa! I need to try and get my contacts. I need to blow people away with some great guests. That's what I need to do. Thursday, two days from now, I'm going to be on-air a job interview. Like, it's an on-air. Imagine that. You have a job interview, and it's on-air. For everybody to hear, my parents or whoever can listen and they can know how it's going just by listening. <laughs> so I'm nervous and I'm trying to think about guests that I can bring on for Thursday. And then the next day rolls around. I figured rather than driving all the way back to Greenville, I'd still just spend a couple days with my parents. Again, I'm on vacation. And all I'm thinking about is this opportunity now. And on Wednesday, I remember having not showered at around one o'clock in the afternoon, WD, eating lunch. When I get a call from Al Bunch, who says, I made a mistake. We carry Dash Baseball at 6 o'clock on Thursdays. Could you come in tonight? I'm like, live? Yeah. Like five hours from now? Yeah. Sure. At this point, I don't know who my producer is. I don't have any guests. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I'm still two hours away. I got to drive. So I get in my car. After showering, I'm booking guests, and thank goodness to Mick Mixon and Ed Harden who decided to be a guest that day. I'm riding back to the triad, to this building, and I'm getting ready for a radio show, a live on-air audition. I get in right before 5 o'clock, and I meet the person who's producing. It's a 19-year-old kid named Sawyer Dillon. 19. I'm like, oh, I don't know anything about this guy. I got a 19-year-old running my board. Okay, this is what we're going to do, I guess. So, And it's the middle of the summer, so what are you going to talk about? Okay, some College World Series stuff. I think there was some like Duke basketball drama or something. So I get through the two hours. Not my best work, but I remember thinking to myself, that's about as good as I could do considering the circumstances. And I remember riding out of this studio and then going to the sheets on North Main over there, filling up my gas tank a bit and thinking, 
If I don't get it, I still feel pretty good about the effort I put forth. That was on a Wednesday. Two days later, I got an offer for this job. And on Monday, the following Monday, I accepted it. So in a week period, I walked in here for the first time and then accepted a job to be here. That's how the show started five years ago. Any questions? That's a heck of a story, man. Yeah. Live, Stressful. You, you want to talk about the definition of live action. It's live action, Tracy. That was it. Yeah. But no, I mean, shout out to all the people here that were helpful along the process. Like, you're one of the four. You're on the Mount Rushmore of Darn right producers for this show. Like, it's you, Desmond Johnson, Sawyer Dillon, and Robert Walsh that are all on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Not because no one's getting bumped out because there are only four of you. I'm the most handsome. Over over a five year period, you know? So that's what we have. So shout out to all of you guys. Um but no, we're we're moving to Winston Salem um on Monday. Pretty exciting stuff. You know what else is exciting? Having B dot on, six man of Tar Heel basketball. He's gonna join us in about ten minutes. But since that's probably gonna be obnoxious Tar Heel levels of, you know, Carolina blue shades being put on. Let's hear from Ryan Young from Duke talking on his podcast, the Duke Basketball Podcast, with Kyle Filipowski about expectations going into next year. First, like, 10 games of the year last year was just so much, like, learning about who we are as a group mm-hmm. and how, you know, what everybody's roles are, how we're going to function, what, what our identities are going to be. It's going to be nice to not have to kind of ease into that and, I agree. and go over, like, learn the hard way who we are. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, we... Last year, just with you know the group we had, there was there was a lot of learning on the go, just because of you know it being a new year for everyone, pretty much. And now, Shire, first exactly. Year. Yeah, Duke basketball. Do you know what I took away from that clip? I think Duke is approaching next basketball season as a continuation of the one that we just saw, and they probably should. You got four starters back, and you got, you know, a few guys off the bench too, Jaden Shoot, Christian Rees, guys who were, you know, Jalen Blakes, who have been part of the program coming back too. So you have a lot of the growing pains worked out, and that's what they're talking about there. You know, the first ten games, we're just trying to figure things out, John Shire included. And and there really is this feeling about unfinished business in Durham. When Carolina said it a year ago, it kind of felt disingenuous in the sense of like, you just did something amazing. Like I don't believe when you say you have a bad taste in your mouth because of what happened against Kansas you, no one was expecting you, yourself included, to go to the Final Four and knock off Coach K in his final game. That was a win. That's historic. So when you say, oh, we got unfinished business, okay, sure. For Duke, nobody was playing better basketball than them going into March, going into the tournament, winning the ACC tournament, winning 10 in a row, and they probably would have been ACC regular season champs if not for that debacle in Charlottesville. So nobody feels better. And they also had the Mark Mitchell situation in the tournament where Filipowski and Mitchell were the only two players to not miss a game for Duke. Not They've started every game until Mitchell in pregame warmups just couldn't go. Just couldn't go. He was announced as a starter, but then that late couldn't go. And that's a huge loss, which allowed for Tennessee to be even more physical against Duke. So that's why they felt the need to try and run it back. And they feel that this next year is just a continuation of the one we just saw. I don't even need to bribe anybody. I don't even need to ask anything of the listeners. First caller gets tickets to go see the Dash 
play Sunday against the Hickory Crawdads. I'm going to go to Winston-Salem tomorrow to watch the Dash play. Uh, speaking of going to Winston-Salem, this is our last show in the Kernersville studio. I don't know if BDOT knows that. BDOT, we're moving to Winston-Salem starting on Monday. Does this bum you out at all? No, not really, because when I'm coming back from Charlotte, Winston-Salem is closer to Kernersville, so, you know, I'm cool with it. But I do, you know, Kernersville is the only home that I've ever known as far as the drive. Kernersville! I mean, you as well, but, you know, it's going to be the fact that I don't even get to say goodbye. Like, the next time I see you in studio, I'll be in Winston. So my last time in Kernersville was in Kernersville. There it is. The last time in Kernersville. <laughs> there you go, WD. Is in Kernersville. There you go. Uh, Dot, we need to talk about a few things. Let's get into some hoops real quick. Like, what's your level of excitement for Wimbanyama facing Brandon Miller tonight? About a two, about a, on a scale of one to ten, about a two. I'm not really gassed about it. Um, not really happy with Victor Wimbanyama by his letting, letting his security uh, slap milestones of professional um, songstresses like Britney Spears. Victor needs to fix that before he comes over here with his French fry self smacking American folklore <laughs> hero. But um, I'm ready. I want to see more from B. Miller, man. First game, he turns it on in the second half in that fourth quarter. Game two, he only took four shots. Um, of course, by now, everybody's saying that's unacceptable. So I just want to see what Brendan Miller shows up tonight. I mean, that Victor Wimbenyama, like, he's going to be, he's what, 7 5, shoots like Kevin Durant. Like, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see this unicorn we've been talking about. For the last two years, but I'm really more locked in on what Brandon Miller's going to do. James Booknight, he has not been living up to what we thought he would be living up to um, in year two. Kai Jones, he had a off game one, and then he had a, a decent game two. I'm, I'm trying to see what he does. Um, Bailey, I really like Amari Bailey, the rookie. I can see him taking some of Booknight's minutes up there with the Hornets if he doesn't tighten up. But to answer your question, um, I'm going to be watching from my phone because I got a show down here in Wilmington tonight. So um, when I get off stage, I'm going to go back into the back and try to catch as much of the summer league game as possible. B-Dot, you know Carolina fans, for whatever reason, don't like me much. No, we don't. They don't. So to try and – there are a lot of Tar Heel fans that are in the triad, though, probably more than any other fan base, you'd say, right? Fair. Yeah. So I'm trying to, like – I'm try I don't want to just appease. I'm not, like, a panderer type. But I do have an alter ego. Did you know that? I did not. Okay. Let me he's let me see if he's over here real quick. Um, I want to introduce you to Graham William Williams the fourth. Give me one sec. Graham William Williams the fourth is is this alter ego. I'm very <laughs> interested in. Woo! <laughs> What's hey. up, Carolina family? There he is. What's up, B Dot? What is going on right now? It's a good, it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. It, it's G-D-T-B-A-T-H. Great day to be a Tar Heel, B-Dot, isn't it? What the hell are you doing, Josh? I'm not Josh. Hey, I'm sorry, Graham William Williams the third. The fourth, the fourth. Don't, don't the insult fourth. my dad like that. Yeah. I apologize. Take that off. Now take off the damn hat. <laughs> take off the shades. You can keep the shirt because I need you to promote that so I can move some more merch. But the, you look, what are you doing? Are you trying to, there we go, WD. There, so you look so much better in yours, WD. Of course I did. What's up, six man? What are you doing? Are you just trying to patronize us? What I want to be the Graham? seventh man Oh, now. my God. 
<laughs> no. There's no such thing as a seventh man. There's Come on. Uh, There's not a thing. There is now. And also, also, I was listening to your conversation with Josh, and you were talking about like being excited <laughs> for Brandon Miller tonight. No, no, no. You got it all wrong. Leaky Black going to put Victor Webinyama in a, in, a, in a pretzel tonight. That's what's going to happen. So you've created this character. I'm sorry. So you've invited this gentleman here yeah. who who is is all for the Tar Heels. Is Woo! What it's a great day to be a Tar Heel. We hate him. What? We hate him. I think we he might him. be a fraud. Yes, he's a freaking fraud. Why don't you make a Duke character where you just troll the Duke fans and, and, and root for everything Duke? Don't bring that foolishness over here. I'm not trolling, man. I'm just super excited about James Oconquo, Marvin Williams 2.0. Josh, you're a sap. <laughs> you're a damn sap. And I speak on behalf of the entire Carolina family when I say this. You're a damn sap. You know, Josh You says, look ridiculous. You sound ridiculous, Graham, Graham, Graham the fourth. Whatever the hell you're Graham name William is. Williams the four. Whatever. How did you even get that stupid name? No, nah, I mean, that's just uh me and my boys hanging out at uh, Sup Dogs on Franklin Street. Like it was me, it was Braxton, Buxton, Cunningham the the third, and uh Swanson Swanson, my boy Swanson that was telling me that, hey, you need to use your full name when you when you do the show. So I, I decided I was gonna do that. And here I am. He would hate to hear me say this, but you look like Hunter. That's who you look like. You look like Hunter Oakley. Oh, <laughs> shout out. Shout out. Yeah. What's That's up? How you look like. uh, oh, jo- like, Josh is telling me that we got to do grammar school in a second. So I'm going to go get Josh back in here. Let's play grammar school. I pray to God I never see you again. Josh Graham has his own way of speaking. And just when you think it can't get any worse, Josh is going to attempt to learn B dot's vernacular. I'm gonna put one in the air. It's time for B dot's grammar school. Nobody better than B dot. Free game, during game, post game. Brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. When it comes to flooring, they have no ceiling. Yeah, they do. Carolina family, I would like to apologize for that foolishness we were just um, introduced to. This segment is Grammar School, brought to you by Heritage Hardwood Floors. And when it comes to flooring, they have no ceiling. And when it comes to sports, Josh Graham has no coup. Yeah, did you did you like Graham? How did that go? Yeah, he sucked. If I saw him in real life, I'd probably punch him in the face. Yeah, he's crying in the lobby. That's... What did you say to him? He That's what that's what frauds do. Frauds cry when they're exposed. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. we've got uh, grammar school here. I have a caucastic question to ask you. I'm ready. And if you would like, WD tells me we have one more pair of tickets to both the Matchbox 20 show in Charlotte next week and a pair of tickets to go see, who else is it? Oh, Thomas uh, Rhett. Thomas Rhett in Greensboro. And WD even says that we all have a ticket to go see the Dash, too. We do. We do. We have an extra pair of tickets to that. If you would like tickets to that, you got to help me in grammar school. You'll get tickets just for the attempt. 336-777-1600, because that might net some fun results. Here's the call cast question. MLB All-Star break is coming up. This is the last weekend until the All-Star break. The All-Star game is in Seattle. What major league team is in Seattle? The Mariners. There you go. There Big shout to that boy. Hey, in the 90s, 
everybody loved the Mariners. Big shout out to Ken Griffey Jr. You dig what I'm saying? Yeah. Everybody, everybody wanted to swing the bat like Ken Griffey Jr. I'm so glad you didn't ask me to name like a major league baseball player now. I never would have got that. But you asked me about the Seattle Mariners. I can talk about that a little bit. There you go. Seattle Mariners. Do How many teams do you think you can name out of the 30? I might can name a couple, man. All right. Well, I'll, I'll remember that for a future okay. visit. All right. Now, did you just correct me intentionally? Is it Mariners? And I was saying Mariners? Did no. You do that on no, purpose? no, no. It's Mariners. Okay. okay. You're absolutely right. You knocked that one out of the park, pun intended. Hopefully, you can do the same, Josh Graham. Yeah. Here you go. I have three urban uh, words, uh, phrases, colloquialisms that are used in the urban demographic. If you get two out of three correct, satisfactory grade. Are you ready? I'm ready. If someone says that they just first 48 something, first 48 something, what does that mean? First 48 something. So it's like first 48ing is a verb. Can you first 48ing? No. no I, yeah, okay. yeah. You can be first 48ing. I got you. I got you. Um, I think there's like. The show, 48 Hours. Is there a show called First 48? WD is blank staring at me. I'm going to say, like, to kill something is the first 48. Like, if you could first 48 a burger. Like, man, I just killed that. I ate that burger real quickly. Or you could, like, actually kill something. Like, man, I first 48 ed that buck while I was, you know, out on the range. I think that's something that actually uh, Graham William Williams, the fourth, does. He's, he's a big hunter type. Got some stuff on his wall. Yeah. I don't give a damn about Graham Hunter, Hunter Williams, Williams, whatever the hell his name was. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I will say, Kill something. I don't know if you're right or wrong, I will say that I like the way you use your context clues. Thank you. Now, is that your final answer? Yeah. That is correct. First 48 is to kill something. That is correct. Getting good at this, man. I'm getting so good at this. Now, listen, if someone, Josh Graham, hits you with a hot 16, what did they do? Oh, a hot 16? Yeah. They hit you with a hot 16. 336-777-1600. That's what Josh does when he doesn't know the answer or could just use some assistance. So if you would like to win some tickets to go to a concert or to a dash baseball game, hit us up right now. 336-777-1600 and help Josh. Let him know what it means. If he gets hit with a hot 16, what just happened? Or he just eats fudge on his live radio show. Yeah, there's a convenience store right across the street in Kernersville that I'm going to miss. Mustard and Crutchville. This is Tiger Butter. You're just eating fudge. Yeah, because he's got nothing else to do because he doesn't have an answer. No, I mean, hot 16. Busta Rhymes Rhymes has a song called Hot Fudge. You should check that out. It's one of my favorite songs. Hot 16 something. Yep. What does it mean to get hit with a hot 16? Hit with a hot 16. I'm going to say it's like like a prison sen- sentence of sh- uh, of sorts mm. is my guess. Mm. Like a hot 16. Mm. WD, why do you have a finger perched on your lip as if you know something? Because I feel like this might have something to do with guns. Okay. And well, then I'm going po- to use you as a lifeline then. What and, do you have? And the amount of ammunition and bullets that are left in a gun hmm. what do you think of that but, well, but here's the thing but like how could you hot 16 someone in that terminology 
Because the because the, the clip has sixteen bullets in it. Right. So you empty the clip. I against somebody, but how is that different than first first forty eighting somebody? It, I think it. I think it has to do with the amount of bullets that are left in a clip. And so I and you I'm, got hit with a hot sixteen. Yes. That means you're getting hit with sixteen bullets. Either that, or there's a clip that can carry sixteen bullets. And there's only one left. You're so, you're so wrong, but I'm going to go with that. Please anyway. go with it. I will. Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes. That's wrong as hell. Oh, so I, obviously. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be hit with a hot 16 is somebody wrapped for you. Because a, a burst is 16 <laughs> bars. So they hit you with a hot 16. Yeah. They hit you with a hot burst, my boy. It's okay. At least I got the music question to bail me out because I'm so good at those. And... You can still win, Josh Graham, because not only can you, you can still get three because the the, the music question is a two-part question. Okay? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So here we go. There is a song called Flavor in Your Ear. Please play it, WD. Craig Mack. You won't be around next year. My rap's too severe. Kick your mad flavor in your ear. Question for you, Josh Graham. What does it mean to kick flavor in your ear? And the second question is, who rapped that song? I, I already said heard it. you get Craig Mack. So yeah. You already know Craig Mack, so you get a point for that. Congratulations. You're victorious. So I can't fail. I got like 50-50. I got Absolutely. Okay. Craig now, Mack. Now, he says he's got flavor in your ear, what is he saying? I think it just means... Having like, I think it's just a compliment of the music. Like, here's some flavor in your ear. These are some, these are bars. This is a great song. That's 100 percent correct, Josh Graham. Good music in your ear. That's flavor in your ear, my boy. You dig what I'm saying? And he gave you a hot 16 in that song. Matter of fact, when it comes to that song, Craig Mack first 48 at that joint. What movie do you think of when you hear flavor in your ear? Hmm, I don't know if I think of a movie. Because there are a couple that come to mind that really? that song. Yeah, uh, there's. I'm pretty sure it was featured in uh, Eight Mile. Pretty sure it was featured in that movie. Want to make sure that I got that right? WD, go to Google. Let me see. WD's on Google. Obviously, notorious. It was featured in that. Straight out of Compton. Oh, the, the new on? the new Space Jam movie. It was in the new Space Jam movie. And 25th oh, Hour, it. which was a movie that had, um, what's his face? Uh, Fight Club. What's his name? Edward Norton. Uh, Isn't that too? Edward Norton is one of those actors that's super, super great, but I can never remember his name. Same. It took me a like second. I, I, can, I see his face. His face card is so good. Yeah, you can definitely get in the club. I know you. But if I had to say his name to win a million dollars, I just got to rob you and take you a million dollars because I'm never going to guess it. What you're saying is if he tried to give Victor Webinyama a hug, he's getting slapped by a security guard. Definitely getting slapped. Victor Webinyama doesn't know any pop stars. None. He doesn't know any famous Americans from the 90s. If you are a famous American from the 90s and you try to touch <laughs> Victor Webinyama, he's going to slap you into next week. <laughs> Dot, have a great show in Wilmington tonight. We'll talk to you in Winston-Salem next time wow hey go ahead and tell that dude george william the fourth carter sensei never to show up again ever no i think i think he 
just because of the way you love him, I, I think we might have to figure out a role for him on the station. Just got to figure out something. Like no one's going to replace you, Dot. But we, we need to have. No, nah, nah, nah. That's not a good idea. Matter of fact, I'm going to talk to the Carolina family about it. We don't like it. <laughs>